At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. The center has to be at least three times bigger than this. All right, it's another edition of Sincerely Unqualified. Today we have one that we're both super excited about. When you ask someone right now, hey, what's everything everywhere all at once about, they probably don't know. We, I didn't have no idea. really know. I was just like, oh, yeah. multiverse movie. Seems good. Everyone's saying it's great. Are we saying off the bat, and this is how we'll step off? Because again, we got to stop talking about the movies so much off the bat. Are we giving no, it I know. the instant yeah. classic tag? Absolutely. Okay. Immediately. You hear right it away. From- I would say if you haven't seen it, obviously it just came out wide release. Go to a theater and see it. You will not regret it. And if you do, Venmo request me for your ticket. Um, and I'm not going to pay you. You heard it. But Venmo Matt, wait, request me if, if you... Keep going. I'm going to get your Venmo name. No, up. no, 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 no. Don't. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's no way. That's like what Nathan for you was like. If you don't think this is the best burger in LA, then I'll give you $100. And people were just like, I don't agree. I've had two burgers today. <laughs> and he would have to pay them. But I am not doing that. I will say it's 100,000% worth going to see. Yes. It's probably the most original thing i've seen in 10 years i'll just end it there we'll talk about it in a little but holy shit an instant classic that you guys should go see if you haven't yet you can listen to our movie update you can listen to what winnie's about to tell us in terms of tv watching that's that's what we're always doing this pre-pod talk Uh, and then before we get to well, we'll leave it to a non-spoiler section since this movie is so new and it doesn't have yeah. the you know Marvel power to get people out in theaters. Exactly. So we'll do uh, we'll have a non-spoiler and then we'll go into spoilers and we'll spend a large portion of this podcast probably talking about spoilers because this uh, it, we need to talk about before we get into movie update. Well, you said that you were watching Severance, yeah. an Apple TV Severance. Plus yes. show. Is Apple, Apple TV Plus? I, there's no plus. Okay. Do you think Apple would be a gimmicky plus kind of service? I'm pretty sure it's a plus. They're not doing pluses. They're not. Is tell it me plus? about. There's tell me about no this shot. wonderful it's show. Just Apple TV. I, okay. You, are you looking up to fact check me right now? It is Apple plus? TV Plus. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Goddamn <laughs> Apple! Step up your game. I mean, look, some of the products, but you know. Stick to the brand. You had such a clean brand until you added that that plus. But Severance. How will anyone crazy. know it's a modern day streaming service if there's not yeah, a plus without at the, the plus. end? Yeah, there's got to be some indication. Either you spell out plus or you just have the plus next to it. And then you know, oh, I can watch shit on there, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how we got to that kind of thing. How will like, anyone where did, know where was there's the connection more content there? than... Otherwise, yeah. but like it's not like Apple had their own TV before they had Apple TV yeah. Plus, like Paramount Plus, other stuff, Disney Plus, other stuff. But but plus what? Streaming stuff. just makes no Sometimes sense. Why would it be plus? On like, yeah, but what? Boom. Okay, you could have called it something way more innovative. But everybody went with the plus game, and now it's just the standard. The standard is the standard, and it's plus. The standard is but the standard. Mike Toblin. We'll go. 
Exactly. We'll go into like severance is something I learned about actually on TikTok, which is a crazy place to learn about stuff, but also like we're on there. So why <laughs> wouldn't other say, people be? Yeah, I think that um, you've thrown that disclaimer out about learning stuff on TikTok about 10 times in this podcast in the last few, like what, year and a half we've been doing Honestly, it. <laughs> it's like my main... Yeah, like my main source of information at this point Seems is from healthy. TikTok. Like whether it be real time updates on the news or movie stuff or anything. Honestly, it's not a bad place to get some information. But I found out about this because some person on TikTok, I would credit if I remembered, was just like, you got to watch this show. It's actually crazy. You're going to love it. Like you won't expect it. And then. I was kind of, I wrote it down in my notes. I wasn't fully convinced. You yeah. know how you get to that point? You're like, all right, if I have some time, I'll start it up. You know, yeah. I'm not going to jump right into it. And then I go on Twitter. Obviously, you can see how jam-packed my day was. I go on Twitter and I see people talking about like fucking Stephen King tweeted, holy shit, severance. Really? I just watched the final episode and I'm so glad there's a season two. And this I is- do a uh, little. Is this an Adam Scott show? Like, Adam Scott, sh- it's not he, like an Adam Scott it? Okay, show. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's writing, like, directing, a, acting. No, Ben Stiller is the director, which is, you know, oh, he did right. Escape of Danamora, which was great. Like with, um, who was it? Javier Bardem, not Javier Bardem, um, the, whoever it was. I forget. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but he did Escape of Danamora, which was awesome. Okay. And then this is just another kind of it's very it's i would almost put it in the same genre as everything everywhere all at once yeah it's just kind of a mind bendy crazy semi close reality semi distance where the premise is essentially people have this operation when they work at this certain place to split their brain so when you go to work you're one version of yourself and then when you go home you don't remember anything you did at work you're essentially two different people when you're at work and when you're not at work it's wild i'm through eight episodes and you know man a lot of people are like that yeah some people just need that kind of disconnect man you gotta get it really is i love that we kind of have these people like ben stiller where yeah. Generally, we know them as a, a sketch comedy-based movie actor. And I, we've seen Ben yeah. Stiller and other stuff since, but something that was interesting about this show, and I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, I think maybe he was even just talking about the first episode, like when he was writing it or when he was going about directing it. Uh, and this was on Fly on the Wall, which is Carvey's and... Uh, yes, um, David Spade. David Spade's podcast. Yeah. He was talking about the fact that when he made this, he he knows the workplace comedy vibe. So he kind of yeah. went into it thinking that. And then it's it's kind of funny when you yeah. hear the description that you said. It's kind of a mind-bendy show. You know it's not yeah. just going to be a workplace comedy. But when you oh, have someone really. with the, the backing going into it, if you watch it in that lens, I feel like it could you could even watch it as a separate show than someone else, which obviously is everything, but... Yeah, no, it's it's weird hearing you say that now because it's like there are like underlying comedic elements to it. There's yeah. parts that are definitely funny, but in a kind of like uh, like uh, uncomfortable funny or like just mm. deadpan kind of funny. And that's how Adam Scott rolls a lot of the time. But it works. And it's also like a very, it's also more kind of mind bender drama inclined. But right. there are those moments where you see like, yeah, they layered some funny stuff in. Like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think that last week maybe... I was I forget what show I was describing maybe Mrs. Maisel but yeah 
in terms of anything that's not a goofy, crazy comedy. Like, I guess I call it drama. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's that's a word a for drama. it. There's some kind of descriptor for those. It's a real show, you know? Yeah. Like, something in there. It's uh, it's one of those, you know? One of, one of those <laughs> shows. Yeah. It's one of those Sam Elliott joints. But <laughs> we, we'll, properly, we'll probably mention him after movie update. Um, but yeah. I, I no, uh, we don't need to. We don't need to dive into this. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't gotten any Maisel in. I haven't watched anything other than Everything Everywhere all at once. But with that means that well, it's we a good thing s- to watch. I would say, oh, dude, it was yeah. Uh, unless you had anything else for the people, we can move into movie update. What else? What else did I watch? I watched some other good shit podcasting, this week. folks. No, I okay. <laughs> wait, there was. Oh, you fuck, know what? Fuck. What else did I watch? Oh, I watched um, like two and a half seasons of Atlanta. Okay, <laughs> you throw up is also. Let's go get this out of the way quick. Is Severance just one season so far? Yeah, it's uh, like 45, 45 minute episodes. Nine episodes. Very interesting. Oh, okay. that they did nine. They, they yeah. split the eight and the ten. It's like that's a, the dreaded. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, split right. Um, yes. Okay. So Atlanta, yeah. two and a half seasons. <laughs> what? Yes. Give me those episode lengths and, and episode <laughs> or season lengths. So those are like ten episodes, and it's like thirty minutes an episode. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, still no, two and a half seasons a lot. <laughs> it's very digestible, but it's awesome. The third season just came out, and when I saw that, I was like, I love Donald Glover. I love it's everything that he's done from Childish Gambino to like Community to anything that he's been in, and his stand-up special is criminally underrated. Oh yeah. So I was just yeah. like, all right, let's throw this on. Let's see how it is. It's awesome. I don't know what took me so long. It it is a great show. I I think I've seen a few episodes. Um, but it's on FX, so I it's yeah. on FXX or whatever that is. So look, I definitely gotta got to check it out. They've got some incredible programming. They yeah. had um, they had what we do in the shadows too. They yeah. have this. They've got a lineup. FFX FXX plus get slapped on no, is it, it's through hulu of, right it was on hulu that's yeah. the thing so that dude like, fxx is what keeps hulu alive there's no doubt absolutely about it. and yeah. it's like just a few shows too but they they fxx is one of those or i guess fx in general and that's one of those channels that really has a specific vibe to it yeah like for instance my my brother used to watch this x-men show i think it was called legion I know yeah, that's they the, have that. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the name of that that one horror movie, but Legion was this X-Men show on FX and it's so unmistakably an FX show that oh, it, it's almost yeah. like A24 in the aspect that you kind of know what you're getting when you start one of these shows. And even if it's an X-Men pro- X-Men property or if it's Donald Glover, yep. They have this same like dark vibe. kind of undertone, but yep. very very like it's just so well done. Um, something, by the way, about so, Donald Glover. Oh, give me, give me some FX wisdom. So FX has look. FX. I just looked it up to confirm. They have obviously fucking sunny. Right, right. That's like, true. That's um, true. The longest running sitcom of all fucking Which time. Did, that just dismantled just my last point. Our by mind. The way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so sunny. Archer, which is great. Yes. Dave, 
the little dicky yeah, show. Dave. Reservation Dogs, which came in hot with one season. I watched that awesome That's show. That's Quentin Tarantino's first movie, right? Which one? Reservation Dogs? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to leave that one in the back. <laughs> um, but they had The League, which was an incredible show. That's one I slept on, by the way. I, I yeah. have not watched that. I know that's for me, though. They had Wilfred, which is a very underrated yeah. show. Fucking, have you ever heard of Wilfred? I have. I, I know. The, but that, yeah, it, Elijah it's kind of like Wood a Louis dog show. show, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's insane, but it's great. <laughs> By the way, we're and just listing have, shows now. <laughs> I no, no, I know. I'm saying like they, if you're in the mood for like a comedy show, yeah, FX. Yeah. I'm saying is the place to go now, and I'm ending it on the because I've seen all these. We're so giving, I'm giving my input, folks. Legit, the Jim Jeffrey show. It's just the Jim Jeffrey show. I actually haven't no, heard of that. No, it's oh. called Legit. It's Legit. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Twenty-two uh, seasons. That's it. Perfect. Just did you say twenty-two seasons? No, two seasons. Okay, Twenty-six sure. episodes. It's I Jim Jeffries. That's what you meant, but I just wanted everyone to be on the same page here. Yeah, it's Jim Jeffries when he was like prime Jim Jeffries yeah. before like the Jim Jeffries show, just doing whatever he wanted, and it's it comes through. It's. <laughs> It's definitely crazy, but now we're off the FX tangent. Because just just that the was... list of things, yeah. Um, ooh, the the point that I wanted to make about Donald Glover when you yeah. were said, obviously Childish Gambino, uh, Community, stand up special. You know what people forget? He's freaking Lando now, what? and he's he's like a Lando on retainer. Yeah. And at some point, we're gonna get a lot more Lando. I I hope so. He's great as that. Like he's supposed he, to, I think, getting his own show at some point, and then on uh, any other property we have, when Lando comes up, it's gonna be him. That's I. It sounds so dumb, but that's such a huge role that he's kind of mm-hmm. actively in that people yeah. forget about because in those offshoot, I yeah, I guess you can call them offshoot Star Wars programs. I people yeah. kind of forget about the the new actors that are in them, but yeah, for Lando Calrissian, fucking, he's doing everything. He yeah. can he can do no wrong too. Like he just kills it he's at whatever good, he does. Huh? He's he's hot sauce is best. But <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. So many your from our FX references. Uh, <laughs> so we could we could go on to movie update here. I will. I actually will. We each have two today, and yeah. we'll we'll just do both of ours off the bat. So yeah, I'll start out here. And this was somewhat recent news from the time we were recording, but Brie Larson is going to be in Fast and Furious 10, which is hilarious to say it itself, Fast and Furious 10. I mean, uh, come on. But we, we're we not sure what the role will be. And look, on this podcast, I'm not here to speculate on what she'll do, but I'm sure it will be in a brand new sensible Nissan Altima starting at <laughs> $24.99 MSRP. I guarantee it's in it's somewhere in her contract Dude, that, that it's got to be a souped-up Nissan Altima. Actually, though, there you have to think about that business side of it at some point because yeah. I'm sure Nissan has the grips on her. Whoa, <laughs> it's, wait. It's, okay. Big brain here. Do you okay. think that Nissan is the one who paid off Vin Diesel to get her into the movie? Well, I I like where your head's at. Yeah. But I don't know how... I, I feel like all of the Fast and Furious cars are 
American made. Oh, and they, they had like well, BMWs and five mm-hmm. and stuff, I think. But it's funny because I feel like maybe they're like, I bet Nissan has a sports car that I'm unaware of. And they do. she's just going to be driving that. Dude, they have a GTR. Heck yeah, brother. But GTR is like a very nice. Well, I want her. Like, I want her. It's like 200 grand. Ultima. I want her in a low riding Altima, like with with some hydraulic <laughs> systems, Brie Larson just chilling, <laughs> bumping up and down. I agree. Listen to some reggaeton, yeah. maybe. Um, <laughs> I can see that meeting going down, just like Vin Diesel with at a desk with Nissan executives, and he's just like puffing on a cigar. He's like, she's not part of the family, and then they just whip out a briefcase of cash, and he goes. She's extended family. And that's the whole meeting. That's, and that's that's how she meeting. got hired. They, yeah. He had to press them. They were like, oh, yeah. I wonder what Vin's going to say. It's just, what does family mean to you? Like, yeah. Wow, this guy how, really cares. I need a 300-page paragraph on what family means to you. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be do you know, amazing. Do you know how many cigars? paragraph essay format? <laughs> <laughs> How familiar are you with, with formulating <laughs> theses? <laughs> Please ensure that your conclusion references your introduction hypothesis. <laughs> uh, all right, my next one here is that Jurassic World Dominion's new dinosaur is like the Joker, says the director. And like college football fans who track flights, this podcast will be tracking Joaquin Phoenix's surgeries for his most challenging dark spinoff yet. <laughs> this is going to be the transformation of a lifetime for him. <laughs> this is- Christian Bale is going to be pissed. Christian Bale is going to have to do an alien movie or something. I know. He's going to, I mean, look, it's one thing to become the penguin like uh, Colin Farrell, but it's another thing to become a full-on dinosaur like Joaquin yeah. is about to pull off. Yeah, there are people out there of that course. are uh, are like yeah. doing that. So let's see if Joaquin heading, learns from him. He's going to Turkey to get the first surgery. But <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens recently said that she can talk to ghosts, and I just want to clear it up: it's not a ghost, Vanessa. That's just Ryan singing. I don't dance. I know you can. <laughs> there's there's a lot of white. That's a deep cut, yeah. folks. A lot of white on that pale man singing look, a, on a baseball field. On the Look, he was on the mound. I guess that's just a, an extended wind-up for him. Just before every pitch, yeah. they don't have they don't have the timer in high school baseball like they do in the MLB, so those games just go forever. Especially when musical, musical number. numbers break out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy wearing a beret, kind of hat, a polo, and long white pants. Yeah, he's just he's ready to go. I guess that's his team uniform. He got, he missed the memo, but we'll get away from High School Musical talk a little bit because we All could right. go way we too go. deep into it. I'm but try to watch that yeah. movie soon. I know. Little, okay. Hey, well, you Mike, want an exclusive exclusive about that song? By the way, Corbin Blue says he doesn't dance while do. he's dancing. You just blew my mind. People forget that. I didn't even that. realize that. People yeah, forget people, that. Corbin Blue confirmed liar. <laughs> exactly, exactly <laughs> why this uh, movie update is going to go over so well. People forget I Don't Dance from High School yeah. Musical 2. <laughs> While he was dancing. Crazy. I mean, okay. Well, enough High School Musical shit. Okay, yeah, please, the, please. Oh, God. Okay. So, another thing in the news was <laughs> Michael Bay 
said he would still 100% work with Will Smith. And after Ambulance, I think he would work with Ryan from High School Musical. (laughs) (laughs) After that movie came out. Yeah, box office flop. Let's call the reinforcements. Hey, Ryan, (laughs) come with your hat. (laughs) Come on over. You still got that costume? (laughs) I don't dance number? It's the only one I got, pa. I like I like Ryan calling Michael Bay pa. Michael Michael Bay's next movie is just called Don't, and it's just gonna be the musical number to I Don't Dance, sixteen <laughs> different ways in sixteen with, different languages. It's gonna bridge yeah, gaps with varying levels of explosives in the background each time. <laughs> All right, so this one's gonna have light explosives. Okay, so we have an actual F eighteen flying over in two minutes. You gotta hit this mark right when it comes over. Okay. Because Can't that, work under these that, conditions. My hat's dirty. Ryan, fucking do it. My name's not Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what's his name? By the way, did you still have it up? Oh god, no, I don't. <laughs> Wait, I'll look Ryan, it up. You, Ryan is the Ryan character musical. who we absolutely love. Uh, bop to the top fame. Yes. I don't dance fame. This is oh, the, great podcasting, I mean, folks. And his look, name. If, is going to is be Lucas Grabeel. Shout out, Grabeel. Lucas. Yep, Grabeel. Lucas, he hasn't aged a day. Yeah, Grabeel. Well. Grabeel. Well. Grabeel. And he's working with nickname Michael Bay next. Is, so. Nickname is Gramps, and Gramps will be on set of Don't with Michael Bay starting in 2023. 2023. They must that be filming already. That's exciting. Put it on your calendars. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh. I mean, look, they scouted a location in. In Arizona. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go to New Mexico. I I do think we need to talk about Sam Elliott yes. very, very briefly. Just because we mentioned this on the podcast, he's then formulated a very sincere, sincere apology. Seems like it. And this sincere and apology only- <laughs> was... So something actually, hands up, I missed when we were talking yeah. about what he said i thought that he was basically just berating the director which was not cool apparently yeah. uh he might have said something about the gay representation in the movie so mm-hmm. uh, the the apology kind of generally went towards the gay community and mm-hmm. and the director as well and benedict cumberbatch but what the first part of the quotes <laughs> huh? said he's wearing those chaps wrong <laughs> that's what he berated for he's British he doesn't know how to wear the chaps you don't just walk inside from riding a horse with chaps on that's literally what he was complaining about was the use of chaps wait are you serious or is with this Cumberbatch's character yeah he was like you don't just get off and wear chaps in the house and I'm like okay <laughs> alright Sam good call I wish, wish yeah. you were on set so the craziest thing I think about this is during this apology when he starts it out he says, and so a very, very popular podcast. If you listen to this one, you probably know WTF with Mark Marin. Yes. I think like an insanely big episode. podcast. Yeah. He, he yeah. had Obama on his podcast and Sam Elliott. And he, instead well, of saying. I mean, look, Obama was lucky to be there if Sam Elliott is sharing that. that grace the stage. That microphone. Yeah. Uh, Let's, so instead of saying, I told Mark Marin that I thought Jane campion was a brilliant director like a, it says like a human yeah i told the wtf podcaster that i thought she was a brilliant director like such a very very 
obvious choice of words to say. It's an unnatural thing to say. Absolutely. Like who, who remembers the name of the podcast before they remember the person you were speaking with? Yeah. That's that seems really odd to me. That's just it's so weird. It's one of those Hollywood things and someone I I would I don't even know if Sam Elliott got canceled or what it was. I'm I, I don't know if I could even say that. But in a clear PR kind of driven statement, it's a very odd move to Hi. clearly leave out the person's name and to say the name of the podcast. It's, well, it's Especially if it's like a PR related statement, like, hey, look up the name. It's that easy. Your whole job is releasing statements and you couldn't look up the guy's name. No, or no just I mean, that's what I'm saying. It? I think that they left it out for a reason. Like, I think but that they didn't the want him associated with Mark Marin or something at a certain point. It was, it might have even been Mark Marin being there. No, but yeah, I'm on the podcast. That it's doesn't Mark make sense. Marin. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what did he say? He was just sitting there. Yeah. Like, it almost seems like there's animosity and like they, he was trying to say. So, this is what it, it stood out to me as. It almost yeah. seems like there was animosity. And he was trying to distance himself by not even saying Mark Maron's name to say like, oh, this guy got me to say this. You were talking about it on a non-live program for multiple minutes, I'm pretty sure. Sir, I, well, look, the, for starters, I haven't listened to it. So no, me I'm not gonna, like, I don't know you how. You want to know like, why? I but, won't listen to that filth. That absolute stupid decision he made you, you shouldn't have gone on the podcast that's all i can say it's just a knucklehead thing to do maybe maybe there should rouser. be similar similar to uh retirement age i feel like don't go on a podcast if you're <laughs> over just, 65 it just doesn't get that does not get the grasp yeah. of what wtf will do Dude, I, honestly, now I kind I'm convincing myself that I want to hear this podcast just for the silences that I know Mark Marin tries to fill with just like more questions because <laughs> Sam Elliott is definitely not like a podcast guest no, kind of no, guy. I can see. And, I can see it being a great great person to have a oh, podcast unless yeah. he, you know, unless he does what he did, but yeah. <laughs> I can see no, him but, having some insightful answers to good questions. Yeah, but maybe this is a case of he wasn't talking that much and Mark Maron's like, so what fucking pissed you off recently? And he's like, well, <laughs> don't Mark get me started. Like, you know what I like? I, I like being angry. So yeah. let's get you angry. What, what gets you angry? He's like, I'm a fucking chaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just, I was angry about something recently. You know what I saw? A fella, fella on the big screen didn't take his chaps off to sit down. What, what, what gets you angry? See that movie, Dog Dick? <laughs> <laughs> I would Mary knew exactly what he was talking about. Benedict, Benedict come on my back, worst chaps inside the house. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> got him. Oh, we might want to take that out, but <laughs> I think I think that's fine. I think you. I was assuming that's fine, but that is. I think it's an instance, and I'm just basing this off of no information whatsoever that. The, he was probably trying to get answers and it's a comedy podcast and you got a little too serious there Sam you glorified Red Dead Redemption player <laughs> look like literally take take your chirps go talk to some NPCs 
And look, all is I guess all is well in his world now. Now that does he have beef with Mark Marin? Is that where we were heading now? He's just gonna have a constant. I quite honestly, I don't sorries. think that Mark Marin would care. I don't think Sam Elliott cares. I think he's just worried about his career. And Mark Marin's just like, all right, whatever. Like I'm, I'm not saying this is like, oh, this is crazy beef. I want to stay attuned to. I'm literally saying I read the the quote when he said the WTF podcaster. Yeah. And I thought it was so odd that that's the only reasonable deduction I could do. But that's really just what we had to comment on it. I mean, we we talked about it previously. Yep. So we can step there off of the movie news <laughs> world here and we can talk about the most recent movie to come out. We'll go non-spoiler with it for as long as we can. We won't do our <laughs> uh, minute and three points yet. Well, I kind of yeah. just, just want to point out for anyone that is considering watching this movie, we already said, absolutely go see it. In yeah. terms of what this movie is able to do with the two hours and I think 20 minutes of runtime, yeah. I have never seen anything like it. It You can't pinpoint it down. It branches so many genres, so many concepts, yeah. so many themes it tackles. It's a very yeah. message-driven movie. And it's not even something you would expect going into it. Even as you first start yeah. watching it, it kind of unfolds in this message-driven way through, and it, like, you can say comedy, obviously sci-fi. It's a, yeah. it's a multiverse movie. Action. Um, so many other genres. Just, it, like, I, I was saying per capita. If you think about it from that yeah. aspect, oh, yeah. like, per, per minute, there's more movie packed into this than I think I've ever seen. And it's not even like pacing was an issue. It's not even like you think that there's too much going on. It it follows yeah. a very clear, logical line where it keeps you engaged and it keeps you in the in the know. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that was like one of the things I was going to say. And I mean, we can I can say one of them now is just there's so much going on, but you feel like you're on the ride with yeah. it. And you're never lost. Like there was never a point where I was like, how did it get here? Or where are we going with this? Like what is, the, what is going on? It's done so well that they have so many things go on, go on. And this is where some movies get really, really lost. Yeah. Because you have so many things going on, but you don't tell the story in a way where people are following it. This, you follow every single bit because somehow... They managed to do it in a linear way, being spread across uh, 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 17 different genres yeah. and across yeah. 35 different worlds. I, I mean, it's just insane what they managed to do to keep you engaged. I mean, there was never an issue of being engaged. Like, it keeps you on right. your toes right. from the second you start watching. But just the, the ability to tell a story as complex as this in a, such a cohesive way was crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. And it I thought it was great that normally with multiverse movies, I feel like a lot of it and I also to point out there were a lot of multiverse movies in the past, namely let's say The Matrix, probably the first one to yeah. introduce this concept. And obviously now with Marvel we're stepping into the multiverse and and all that yeah. good stuff. So I think that this movie greatly benefited from other movies in the past getting people kind of up to speed. I think yeah. now well, multiverse movies uh, were kind of tuned in on. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's it's nothing that they had to explain too much further. Yeah. So a lot of the time I feel as if part of the value that other multiverse movies have is simply that they're in a multiverse and they're like, isn't this cool? Yeah, no, I agree. To me, this movie was much less about the multiverse and much more about the message. This was so mm-hmm. much more of a message-driven movie and you could kind of feel that they started, and I know this is how all movies go, generally. You start with a message and then you develop the story, but everything was so carefully crafted from multiple messages that they wanted to make within yeah. a larger message that... I think they just spent... It, it seemed like they spent so much more time and attention and care on this movie than others yeah. have, that I've seen in a the very long of, time. Level of detail and nuance and just... At, like, you could tell that there was so much care put into this. Like, this is... And I saw somebody say it, too. It's like, when you hear passion project or when you hear like somebody talk about a film or movie they're working on as like, this is my dream project... That was very, very clear from the get-go that this was that for just in general. And I think this is maybe one of the best kind of passion projects, like actually feel the the love and just care and detail that went into kind of every scene, every shot, every line of this movie. And it's crazy. It was crazy to think. And also to the, with the multiverse thing, I think what other movies did before this was necessary where it's like Endgame introduced you to the multiverse a little bit. Like, just the concept. So, even, like, obviously, it's the most viewed movie in the entire world. People have seen it. So, you you have that general grasp of that concept. I think if those movies don't come out, this concept would need more of an explanation before just jumping into what it actually is. And it's not that they don't explain it. It's just, like, people now have that baseline understanding of, like, okay, this is what the multiverse is versus walking out and being like, fuck was that concept? Yep. Like, who came out with that? I think that... Like, there's that baseline education of, like, I don't think this could have come out before those movies and gotten the reception that it did. But that's not to say that it can't stand on its own. I just think it helps a little bit that there's that baseline, like, yeah, I know what it is. Oh, Let's ride yeah. with it. Yeah, no, no, yeah. absolutely. I, I think that there isn't even a link between this and other movies with in terms yeah. of a multiverse concept. It is just a, it's a general point of education. It's kind of interesting that you pointed out the... Uh, Avengers movies like Endgame so the Russo yeah. brothers were actually producers on this movie yep. and we were talking about I was saying they and they put so much care into this movie the yep. producers directors and writers uh, they're a group called Dan Kwan and Daniel Shiner and they call themselves yeah. Daniels or maybe the Daniels but uh, it is, it's like a, you know Russo brothers, the Daniels. I like when people yeah. are working in twos because I feel like you can get so... And you have someone to bounce ideas off of. And I obviously know people uh, normally have writing partners. Um, yeah. But in just terms of what they were able to do, it, it was so impressive. Like, just so impressive. I did not know what yeah. I was walking into. I just know what I walked out with was an instant classic and uh, something I... Oh, yeah. I, I have... I'm not sure if I've went into a movie theater and been that genuinely impressed in my life. Yeah, absolutely. I think like just not knowing anything is the best way to see it. Yeah. I think it it gives more value to it. And that's not to say like if you learn more about it, 
you're gonna feel any no, less yeah. about the movie yeah. but like holy shit did i not know what was gonna happen i yeah, and all i was thinking was, was, was multiverse yeah yeah um and, and that's not a spoiler like that's out there yeah that's yeah, that's exactly. why we kind of left this in the no spoiler section and i i honestly think in terms of our, our spoilers maybe we can talk about more specific like acting I think I want to pick your brain about some of the message stuff. That's not something we generally do on this podcast as, as yeah. comedy fans, but it's it's tough not to talk about that in the movie. So maybe first we just talk acting, uh, and we we might yeah. even flag this as spoiler. But I'm kind of leaving it here, just to, honestly, on the timestamps, keep it as non-spoiler if we feel like it's fine. Um, yeah. So Michelle Yeoh. Um, it, I thought was incredible, but maybe even more incredible than her was Stephanie Hsu, who plays her daughter. Oh yeah, I'm leaving it a little, a little uh, vague still. The the different, let's say, multiverse concepts. Um, yeah, in terms of watching them shift back and forth and seeing the level of acting that's necessary to act in one of these movies is so evident as two dumb yeah. guys, as two people who don't understand what it takes to truly act in one of these movies. Yeah. We always say, you know it when you see it. This is that this times is, five. It's a masterclass. It's literally like seeing for this movie. And I don't like, I don't think this is a spoiler, but with multiverse, I think it's a given where it's like, they didn't just sign up to play one character in one movie for this. They played as many characters as were needed and murdered all of them. Yeah. Like they there was not one performance or one specific person in this movie of like the main three or main four, let's say, in the cast that didn't impress with every different character that they were in. Yeah. Which is crazy to say. Like we we can just hopping. go. We'll, we'll go spoilers. Yeah, let's, too. let's yeah, dive yeah, in. Yeah, we can, like, we can it's, do spoilers for sure. Okay, so look to see at the start that she they're going in the IRS building and like Michelle Yeoh and Stephanie and Kei Hui Kwan are going in and they just go and meet like Jamie Lee Curtis, who's this fucking dreadful IRS woman. Oh yeah. Then to see them go throughout all of these different multiverses, like the hot dog one, first of all, where she's in a relationship with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Insane. And they're playing that so well. And they're playing things with their, I mean, they're playing things with their feet. And then just the, but we'll, we'll, we'll back up a little bit where it's like just the, again, cohesiveness of everything to have that story kind of evolve in the sense that at the start, you have no idea what the fuck's going on. It's just like a woman trying to do her taxes as they build it initially. Then you evolve into like this kind of craziness where all the things in the multiverse happen and slowly you start to learn like, okay, these are transferable skills, but at the same time it's connected where like you're connecting to this person, but it's still working where they, they show you that yes, you can bring in those skills, but you're still connected. Like when she gets hit, if she's the Kung Fu yep. version of herself, when she's that woman feels it like yeah. it's, when she's that, in the in the IRS meeting, when the crazy yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis kills her, or yep. at least hits, yeah, it kills her, and yeah. she stands up with the actual Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, that that also, by the way, the first alternate universe Jamie Lee Curtis, the one that was part of the Bagel like the, Squad. 
Um, yep. That was creepy. I thought that we were. I thought we were going to be in the mood. For, or I thought we were going to end up getting a thriller or horror-based movie when that yeah. J.B. Lee Curtis was going off. Oh yeah, I thought that immediately we're just in for some wild stuff. I was just like, "What is going on here?" And then we, <laughs> when we come back, that was one of the funniest parts. Is when they're at the elevator waiting. Oh yeah, and she just rips her in the <laughs> face and just breaks her nose. Yeah, that really gave us a turning point of just like, okay, here we go. Like, I guess nothing in this universe matters because we're given or- the impression like just destroying universes. Don't really know who it is. Don't really know what's going on. And when that happens, I'm like, all right, toss this one in the trash too. Because like, I guess they're going to jail. That's the crazy thing is that that was our, in terms of what we thought of as reality, like the base reality for them. That was their universe. And she seemed like she was in trouble. And I loved how they kind of used this whole IRS building as a a multi-stage fight sequence from yeah. from we started we kept getting the concept of the multiverse through all of these different fights in these different rooms as she was trying to escape uh and specifically exactly. the alphaverse which alpha uh wayman was taking yep. her through and that's also during that we were getting the and i, I totally forget the name now but we are getting the name uh, <laughs> we're getting the concept that someone is after all of the versions of Evelyn. Uh, Jobu Tupaki. Yeah, Jobu Tupaki. Yeah. And at some point, we see it's her daughter. Yep. Which is wild. Um, But that's also one of those things. You're like, oh, okay. I I get it. Yeah. (laughs) I think think I'm there. Um, And it it was so crazy (laughs) when Gong Gong just comes in (laughs) Like <laughs> comes a, in hot, so like there, there's so many comedic aspects to this movie, oh, and yeah. that was one of the great ones. Like that, and then so I, I want to go through a few things just at the start that I love too. Where it's like, first I love how they like show the the relationship between Wayman and Evelyn, like kind of on the rocks a little bit, and like how he's always cheery, putting googly eyes. She's just very upset. They go. That was one thing that they clarified at the beginning that I thought was great. Yeah. And then, like, the little details that we get at the start where, like, Jobu Tupaki is trying to find out what universe she's in. She's like, she's close. And then just literally tilts her head. Like, even that little scene where she's just tilting her head and it's flashing to different universes that she's just popping in. That was crazy to me. That, to me, was just like, I love where this is going. I don't know where it's going, but I love where this is headed. Totally agree. That moment, I I thought that we were in for something special because you could tell how much gravity there was to this one character. Exactly. Um, And then... Obviously, at Alpha some point, Wayman is a beast. Alpha Wayman's the boy with the with the uh, the the fanny pack. That was amazing. That was wild. I loved that. Uh, and then obviously, there's there's so much going on in terms of this outlandish humor with oh, the oh. the guys that also like your path, like how you get to the different multiverse, the path, the things you have to do. Oh yeah, a lot it's of like, it's ridiculous. Blow on his nose. Like, yeah. Oh, the, the trophy one was crazy. That's the what I'm saying, the trophy of- one, yeah. <laughs> uh, when, when at first, that was on J.B. Lee, char- Lee Curtis's character's desk. I was yeah. like, oh, th- those are obviously look like butt plugs. So what's yeah. going on with that? Um, and then 
all of a sudden we get this this guy fighting her and he starts unbuttoning his belt or undoing his belt. That was both of them. That was so funny. The yeah, the guy comes in with a blurred Flying just in. the blurred yeah. area and does a cannonball on it. And then the other yeah. guy comes in. I mean the the with humor. Like the tro- yeah. Like that it, was it needed crazy. to be so overtly ridiculous because yeah. everything else was like played they they played it super straight. Like it was yeah. something normal that was supposed to happen, which is why that humor worked so well. Like the the only yeah. way you could do is play that insanely straight. Um it just in terms of like the the setup and the delivery yeah. obviously. Um but yeah, I mean that was amazing. And then that one scene where they're floating and she grabs both of them. <laughs> it just yes. rips them both out. Yeah. That was I mean just things little things like that where they they don't forget the comedy, but the comedy is never forced. Right. And it's never like it's never a, a hindrance on what's going on. It's always just like you were saying they're playing it straight, but the concept itself of like the multiverse and everything just happening is so insane that it's like, yeah, I guess they have to put stuff up their ass. Yeah, like, like why of, not? Of course. Well, yeah, who am I to question it? So bought in at that point that you're like, I yeah, I guess that's how they got to do it. Yep. Like, sure, blow on his nose and then stick this thing up your ass. <laughs> I guess that's where we're going. Yeah. But that and then like even something that could seem very gimmicky where it's like she's got to transfer to somebody who's a um, hibachi chef. Yes. And then we see that whole universe with Rakakuni. Rakakuni. <laughs> yeah. And comes back to the own universe and like has to explain like you're not the, there was a raccoon like ratatouille or just the whole thing yes like, when they're in that room and they have to yeah. explain she's trying to explain everything i yeah. i kind of like when movies do that that's that is a common ploy where they have the character experience the crazy thing try to explain it to other people because yep. we're witnessing the crazy thing with them we rationalize it out too and we realize how insane they truly do sound because we just watched it unfold. We're, we're there. We're attuned to it. And that, that kind of leads to the, I would say shock in the middle of the movie where she dies and then the credits roll. Right. Am I, yeah. am I at the right spot? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And that's one where quite honestly, I pulled out my phone to make sure that I didn't sit through two and a half hours already and saw that there was more yeah. movies. It was like, oh, okay, good. So we had everything wrap up and everywhere began. And that's when things really started picking up with the multiverse concept and yeah. what Evelyn was really able to do. Yeah, she's just learning how to like use this to her advantage, which is crazy. I mean, that the sequence of like her being everywhere. And I love what they did with the movie where it's like um everything is the first part, so it's just like kind of the concept of everything. All it, but just everything is happening all the time. Yeah. I'm trying not to say the title, say but not, it's hard it's not, not to say. It's not happened at all at once yeah. yet. Yeah, no, but and then we get to everywhere where she's learning now that she can be at all these different places simultaneously and like le- learning from all of them and using all those things. That's I, it just shocked me where we went with this and like how how we got here was so great and so awesome. And then to see like, OK, yeah, she's learning. Like she can be this different version. She can come back. She can do this. She's like seeing all of these different 
versions come together and learning from not only herself but from Wayman in every single universe. Oh, and and Joy, I think. Yeah, and I, Joy. This is when the message really starts developing. Yeah. And Joy is the one that's obviously teaching her. She's showing her the bagel in this in this part. Um, yep. She's describing what her and I'm saying Joy, but it's Joe Butupaki. Or yep. Uh, she's explaining <laughs> that essentially she did this she to can't. Evelyn, did this to her in another universe, and yep. it took all meaning away from her life. She she pushed her yeah. too hard. And now she essentially needs someone there with her to end up killing herself, basically for good. Yep. Um, because she has no meaning. She doesn't. She doesn't want to be in any of these universes anymore. So she was just trying to find a right version of Evelyn that could be there with her. Which is funny how they describe the right version of Evelyn at the start, where they just go through, and it's Alpha Wayman saying like. Yeah, this is the universe where you failed at every single yes. thing. Like, just failed. Like, at least in some universes, you get some things right. But this one, you failed at literally everything yeah. you've tried to do. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy it, that that's the one that's resilient enough to do it, of course. Which is... I think that's how he described it was that yeah. in other universes, every right decision she made yeah. made her less... Made this version of Evelyn less likely to be able to have future success was the way I yeah. think it, that they were saying like he kind of you took a little bit of success away every single right decision you made um so I I don't know if we want to get to the the very end yet no we'll go through a little bit more just like kind of that whole thing where they're they're floating through and they're going through all these they're touring essentially and just fighting each other and just saying like no like kind of learning more we're learning more about their relationship mm -hmm. and like just seeing that evolve on screen and then we like we get to the rock part and the rock part is what were your thoughts because i know you have some different thoughts than i did no no i thought that in terms of like quite honestly let's let's put the film critic hat on yeah in terms of the the decision that they made just to quickly have a very still silent interlude in all of this and to use yeah. the text which one it looked beautiful two it was just oh, a yeah. very interesting decision that i think turned out really well for me i i do not put this I do not put myself forward on this podcast like this often because we always talk about comedy movies, but I was, I was, I get very into this story driven stuff or the, I'm sorry, this yeah. message driven stuff. So it was very on the nose for me. Like it was, I think yeah. it was explicitly pointing something out uh, in this. It was almost jarring the silence that we had because before that it was all like, there were pinatas getting smashed and they were yeah, uh, just having kung fu fights um so i think no it was great i just i would say it was probably pretty on the nose yeah no i agree i think it was i i, I liked it i liked the breakup of just kind of that craziness i think it was just like we're going from universe to universe multi, like everything and i think like they were saying in the text i think the audience loved it too because it's like okay Everyone take a breath. Yeah. Here's a place where you can stop thinking about like all the craziness that's happening in this movie. And you too are going to get a second to just like 
take a breath, really think about what's been going on. And then we'll move forward after this. And they were like, this is a place where we can stop thinking. And I, I'm sitting in my seat going like, okay. Like, yeah, it really was a breath back. It was a breath back. Yeah, like, here we go. Okay, I know some crazy shit's going to happen after this. That sequence was wild. And now we're here. We're all rocks. We're all just sitting here <laughs> yeah. watching this, reading this text. And I love being in a theater with people too because like everyone's reading the text at the same time. And you can see like everybody's on the same page reading at the same pace and laughing at the same time <laughs> which is funny to see in a theater that even if there's just text on the screen like we're all laughing at the same time we're all reading yeah. it i mean that, that was a cool thing that i noticed but i mean aside from that and before we go towards like the ending ending i'm not one to like easily have emotions triggered by a movie <laughs> and i'm gonna admit this i'm gonna admit I it I I Dude. am stone. I am rock emotion. But <laughs> this one was a little bit of a tearjerker. Yeah. This one this one got me at moments. I will say. I like I was sitting in the theater sitting by myself. I'm not gonna be that dude sitting crying by myself, but there was someone behind me doing that. Yeah. There was a guy who was alone by himself and I heard him sniffling half the time. Yeah. And I was just like, look, it does that. And it's crazy that it goes from pulling out butt plugs from people who are right. transitioning right. from one universe to another to legitimately having you like, holy shit. Like, it got me. It, it was crazy no, that absolutely. it can do that. Yeah. No, I, honestly, I'm with you. I, I The the tears aren't easy to, to flow for me, but the, yeah. the certain I mean, you've got a recliner. That- of course they're not. <laughs> I'm a dad now. <laughs> I do. I do not have a child, but I do have a recliner, so I am a yeah, dad. I mean, same thing. <laughs> uh, the, I, I think the most emotional scenes were probably the when you know, really, it's it was a showing of love with Wayman. Uh, yeah. She she chooses to use a joyful approach as opposed to violence, and yeah, then. That- obviously everything with her daughter at the end uh did we want to focus on Wayman a little bit yeah i mean he's awesome he was great in every part he killed it he was great throughout and just like i don't know it i don't know if it's because like i like i kind of agree with his approach to everything where it's like and this is getting a little sappy but it's like let's do it look this movie brings that out that's you gotta like I approach situations the way that he did in the movie where it's just like, all right, yeah, just be kind to everybody. Try and find a way to... And his whole thing was just like, be optimistic. Yeah, Yeah. like the whole time. Just, all right, we'll figure it out. Even when he goes and tries to get an extension after that whole thing happened and he's like, yeah, we have until the end of the day. And she's like, how the fuck did you do that? And whenever she's talking about him, she's like, oh, what did my idiot husband say? And he's just like, yeah, I got us the extension. Like, he's just like going through and, and always smiling, always with that emotion always just you know trying to have her back and be good and that got to me a little bit when she finally turned the corner it was just like appreciating all of that yeah and appreciating like the just the the you don't have to look at everything in this harsh way everything's not horrible it's like yeah i want to be here yeah. you know yeah obviously you had in this relationship an optimist and a pessimist and yeah. i think that with the way the movie was set up the everyone watching Evelyn's the main character so it's kind of easy to overlook Wayman so obviously that was very that was done intentionally because at the end we have this moment where she realizes it along with us 
that Wayman's the dude. <laughs> he's, he, is, <laughs> he is that dude. And it, it made for such a wonderful, in terms of the actual movie itself, instead of fighting, kind of giving everything. The one was a little weird. That's okay. We'll, you know, we'll, yeah. We're in for the weird stuff every now and then here. Uh, in terms of just basically giving the people what they want, which is joy, uh, which is very interesting because she has this come-to moment with Wayman to decide during this kind of final fight when yeah. Joy is trying to, st- or Joe Butupaki is trying to step through the bagel. Um, she is fighting everyone, or instead of fighting everyone, giving them what they want, giving them joy. And yep. the it obviously all these names get picked very specifically. I think a lot of people yeah. probably came to this conclusion too. But something I liked was that Although she did choose Wayman, she chose to stay with her husband. Really, what and kept her in was she chose Joy, and that yeah. was a very. Spe- I think that was done very intentionally. Look at this guy. She chose Joy. Um, yep. The, like the big thinker over here, big yeah. thinker. <laughs> um, and it, it was almost like when she when she let her go originally, it was yeah. almost kind of like she gave her free will in a way because yeah. even though Jobu Tupaki was this all powerful person and could have done yeah. whatever it wanted it needed Evelyn there to yeah. basically give her the okay the reason that she wanted her there is because she wanted still the her okay. mom yeah yeah so and her mom was still even in those situations it was just like even when she's leaving to go do something she's like about to say I love you and instead she says you're getting fat. Stop eating. Yeah. And it's just those little things that are just like, yeah, she's probably under the influence of her mom heavily and just wants that approval. And like just falling back into that thing was like, oh shit, I love my mom actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so when, it, but ultimately Evelyn gives her the okay. She, she tells yeah. her it's okay. So really exactly. obviously Joy has to decide for herself. Like that, that's the ultimate thing here is that Evelyn Shows her love by giving her the okay, and then Joy decides for herself. Jobu Tapaki decides for itself. At she she chooses to come back and and be with the family, which is yeah, which is great. I mean, like it gets you. Yeah, especially with the the fake half ending here in the in the middle yeah. of this movie. I almost felt like it was going to prepare us for something bad because this also this that could have been a bittersweet ending if. Mm-hmm. If she really needed to go, it would have been bittersweet to let her go. I think it was truly happy at the end when, yeah. when we got them back together. I know. That was awesome. I mean, just like the happiness is fleeting kind of thing that they were running with. Like she was just being pessimistic. Joy was just like, it's fleeting. It won't last. Like even when the stupidest thing, when she's running with uh with the guy to get Rakakuni back from the, oh, the trappers yes. and like they all fall and everything seems to be going wrong and then it's like nah though you can be happy wherever like it's not fleeting just make the best of it and then yeah. she gets on the show it, the whole thing was just that whole sequence just made you feel good it was yeah, it's uh, how every sequence is how it's and I'll, I'll go back to what I just said but how to choose joy yeah um, exactly which it was cool it was funny because when you have a uh, when I have a universe with Rakakuni and she that version of Evelyn yeah. calls the what the cops or something yeah. gets Rakakuni taken calls, away calls like animal control yeah animal control uh, that was and so and it funny. talks too and yes. you know the Russo brothers are like 
Oh, I would have loved it. And I, I kind of would have hated it, too, if it was Bradley Cooper's oh, voice. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Are just, we sure it wasn't? <laughs> he's voicing two raccoons in two different universes. Yeah. And they're like, the Russo brothers are just like, I see you got a raccoon that talks in this. Like, this, we this know a guy familiar. if you want anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Main message to you or message that stuck out to you the most. Because this, I mean, there, we talked about a bunch, yeah. but there were obviously multiple things going on. Yeah, I don't know. I think like it's just something that I've tried to do and I agreed with it. And I that the one thing was just like, yeah, you can just choose to be happy wherever. You don't have it's to important. look at everything in a negative way. You can just literally make the best out of everything and kind of just be happy. That's lovely. And and deal with things in a kind way. Like Wayman. Wayman the book Wayman the goat. Wayman the goat. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny with this too? I forgot to make a point. Uh Choosing to be happy goes along with the lines of it, but when she, they ultimately decide to, when Evelyn sees that she can live these other lives, she has the ability to, but she stays in the life where she thinks is boring and unfulfilling, and yeah. it literally is the idea of the office. <laughs> this this movie and the office are like in that simple way that you can yeah. kind of try to find beauty in the monotony. And the mm-hmm. the run of the things that you think are run of the mill, um, yeah. And it's just something funny that I thought that when I was watching this, <laughs> I was like, "That's actually the same message as what The Office is all about." Yeah. <laughs> um, but really, I think that when um, the 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 ultimate message of this whole movie to me generally is that with Joe Butupaki saying yeah i know everything i'm seeing everything all at once so i know that nothing matters in this world yeah and evelyn has the same realization and she has that spurt too and then in the same aspect of realizing that everything's happening all at once (laughs) uh she then decides okay i'm not going to see it as nothing matters but i'm going to make everything matter even the monotonous exactly. stuff even the the run of the mill stuff that otherwise i wouldn't be fulfilled by um and that is sincerely unqualified getting sappy about a great movie that makes people think i mean look there's a there's movies like this that come around once in a decade once in a whenever yeah and you just gotta appreciate it yeah you know just yeah, appreciate was, it for what it is this was crazy good yeah yeah, that's it's funny because we both didn't really know what to yeah. expect going in, and I I saw it the day before Winnie did, and I didn't yep. want to like gush about it beforehand. I think yep. anyone who started listening to this podcast and then came back to it probably went in with pretty high expectations. Yeah, I think going into this movie with no expectations made us love it more than maybe the average watcher but also i I mean i think it's getting insane insane reviews i just looked at like rotten tomatoes for the audience reviews because i haven't really looked and it's like already at 500 plus reviews it's at 95 percent. i looked all of them are fucking five stars and everyone is saying the same thing where it's like this is one of the best things i've ever seen like this is the most original and it like it made me cry it made me laugh yeah. this is one of the most original things i've seen in so long it's not just us and it's not a small group of people that are oh, saying oh no for it's sure it's like not. everybody who's seeing this movie is is having the same sentiment except for this one dude i just saw that said only see it if you want to have a seizure 
And I was like, dude, I mean, you probably I shouldn't be in theaters then, like my dude. Yeah, like, um, yeah, I don't think there was an epilepsy warning. but I There also, was like one scene where she's going through every single universe and yeah. it was just that kind of thing. Yeah. But other than that, to like have a better heart? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's no, probably just... <laughs> also a mood thing. I feel like if people are kind yeah. of shut out, maybe this movie isn't for them. But um, yeah, I think that in terms of you know, every now and then people just need a reminder of, of these overall yeah. messages and to be able to watch this movie as that reminder of our day, whenever we watched it was yeah. great because normally it's not this entertaining for two hours and 20 minutes. So, um, yeah, we, we absolutely love this one calling it the instant classic. Yeah. We did it right off the bat and now you can tell why, um, anything else, any, any departing words about, Everything, everywhere, all at once. <sighs> Greatness. That's all I'll say. <laughs> you think, do you think we said that enough during the pod? <laughs> no, I don't think we said it enough. Yeah, I, I that's, think that's, that's the thing. You can't say like, enough about I'm this. still, I want to see it again where it's just like. Yeah, yeah. I want to take people who haven't seen it and go see it with them and see if like we're fucking crazy. Because I don't think we are. No. Like I want to see no. reactions of other people when they walk out. I, I actually agree. I, I do want to do that. Um, yeah. Let's get into facts here about the movie. So There's some crazy ones, too, about this. There's some very like funny and crazy ones. Yeah. But not that many, because obviously it just came out. But Right, right, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, some of these are going to be spoilers, so I don't know how many are going to be used on social. But for the people listening, we love all yeah. of you, so we're going to give you these. Um, so... In Evelyn's reality, where she's a movie star, I think that she was a kung fu master and then went to Hollywood. Yep. So real life footage of her is actually used on the red carpet and notably from Crazy Rich Asians. I think that's probably one of her other biggest movies. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's just cool how they toss that in there, like real footage. But another kind of real life link or past work link is Kei Hui Kwan delivers a little reference to Indiana Jones because he played short round like 20 years ago yeah. when he was yelling at Evelyn in the movie to snap out of it. And if you watch the scene, it plays out exactly the same as that Indiana Jones scene from the Temple of Doom. And that's when Indy is under the spell of Mola Ram. And it's just kind of crazy. It's They pulled in everything from like different portions of these actors' careers. Yeah. Do you think that that's part of the multiverse aspect of this movie? Like we're uh, another universe that they just showed shit from. Ooh, yeah. Big, big brain. Big brain. Fucking yeah. Look yeah. at where he go. Uh, crazy. Speaking of him, when Alpha Waven uh, talks to Evelyn and says, your clothes never wear as well the next day, your hair never <laughs> falls quite the same way. I realized it right away. That's yep. absolutely story of a girl by nine days. Uh, yep. The underlying plot of the movie, you could also kind of align with the song and also yeah. the instrumentals a lot. I actually think even the, the song with the words plays in some of the scenes and <laughs> the other multiverses, you still hear that song. Great song, by the way. So funny, but it's it's awesome. Like just hearing that when he was saying it, just so flat and yeah. everything. I was like, is he? And then you hear the second line, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, they that's are. it. They're going for it all. Um, one last one here that we think is pretty pretty funny in general is 
when they were first trying to promote the movie or show the movie before anything had come out for trailers, the IMDb official synopsis was a woman tries to do her taxes and with that, they are not wrong. They, she but, tried to do her taxes. Yeah. Not well, by Look, the way. She's not good at no. doing her taxes. Well, that's the whole point. She's pretty bad at everything. It's true, actually. <laughs> she does fail at everything. Yep. It's kind of her gig. It's kind of her thing. But she obviously ends up doing some pretty great stuff. And yeah, well, that is Sincerely Unqualified's sappy little episode yes. that, quite honestly, I enjoyed a lot. I I did too. I liked talking about that a lot. It was just a it great felt good. movie. That, it felt good. Yeah. It feels good to talk about it when it was just like you walk out. And That's what it, just, literally you watch this movie. You need to talk to somebody about it who has also yeah. seen it because even if you do want to talk to somebody, I, I explained this movie to my wife afterwards because I saw it alone yeah. too. And it took me like 20 minutes. And I was like, I, I'm assuming I lost you completely or i left stuff <laughs> somewhere out. along the way uh yeah i and she, she said i didn't but i'm i had to i had to there's no explaining it though yeah you have to just see it for yourself i'm getting there's her no into the theater to see this and we'll watch it yeah. again uh but we will not be talking about it again we yeah. will be talking about another comedy next week probably um yep I, another movie is coming out soon that we definitely will be talking about uh, a theater movie coming out April 22nd is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, the Nick Cage, Pedro yep. Pascal joint. Definitely. Looking forward to that. I'm very excited for that. In the I think meantime, that'll give me the same feeling as this one. But <laughs> We'll definitely have a meta discussion about it. Yeah. Um, uh, in the meantime, we'll have a, you know, we, we love talking like this, but the the bones of this podcast, at least for the first, what, 77 episodes or so, have been ridiculous <laughs> comedies. So yep. we will probably do another ridiculous comedy. We'll we'll get back to the middle because yep. who knows how this unbearable weight of massive talent movie is going to be. Probably uh, pretty good. I think, I, I think we're going to like it. Until yeah. then, I'm Kevin. I'm Winnie. We'll see you at the next episode. Go see this movie. <laughs> Sam Elliott makes an appearance. Of course.